You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot some. I can't remember. Just start turning knobs, but I'd probably turn knobs. Which one are you? No, 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 your headphones. have that too. It's always a good option. All right, here we go. Pints and Provisions back. Evan here. I've got Mark. We're joined with special guest Robbie, who is co-owner of Poor Brothers. Thanks for hosting us here, Robbie, today. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. It's a big weekend, St. Paddy's Day weekend. Um, I'm sure lots of folks are getting uh, some things done today and tomorrow, so it um, should be fun to hear what's going on here in the Heights, especially at Poor Brothers. Uh, we'll start off talking about beers of the week. Uh, I know that everybody's kind of had an opportunity to look because we thought about that ahead of time. What do you think, Robbie? What was your favorite beer of the week? Well, uh, you know, we change beers here all the time, so we get a chance to try all kinds of crazy stuff. But I would go with the uh, Radium City uh, Davin Porter, which okay. is just a uh, simple vanilla porter, easy drinking. Um, yeah, just a great beer from those guys in Ottawa, Illinois. Ottawa. Awesome. Haven't heard of them. I'm looking forward to give that a try. Yeah, we, uh, we found out about them about a year and a half ago. We were at a uh, barbecue festival in uh, LaSalle, and okay. uh, we, we located their uh, Coffee Blonde and fell in love with Ooh. it and got to meet uh, Adam, one of the owners, and we go pick up cakes from those guys, and we've enjoyed everything they've made so far. I love the dedication you guys have going and getting kegs. Um, Absolutely. I continue to talk to friends about that, like, how do they get the beers that they have? Because... Uh, obviously, this has got to be one of the more diverse lists, uh, you know, definitely in central Illinois. But it's because you guys literally hands, go to these places like, hey, you know, down. we want to have your stuff on there. Any size keg would be great. Yeah. I mean, we've we wanted to be a little different. You know, we just didn't want to to meet the reps and order beer. And, you know, we do a ton of that, too. But it, it felt good buying from guys that uh, didn't have the reach and, and yeah. trying to grow with them. We, we were a new company, too. And uh to grow with them was uh, something we were really, really seeking out to do. And when we started this thing, uh, we had a we had a great um, uh, employee and, and good friend, Steve Stark, and he kind of initiated a lot of those relationships. Yeah, and we took it from there. So, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it always it always brings us uh, back with some sort of enticement. It's like, oh, they got this, or they won't have this, or let's get down there and have that. So, absolutely. Mark, your turn, buddy. All right, my uh, beer of the week would be a Treehouse from, I'm sorry, Green from Treehouse. Green from Treehouse. Um, it's one of their uh, New England style IPAs, uh, one of their flagships. Yeah. Um, just a. Isn't that mostly a mosaic bomb? Um, if I remember right. I'm not. I'm not sure what know. the hot profile is. I but know, it's I, good. I think they do like maybe something like. Um, they might use some Australian and American hops. Okay. I can't remember, but it's. It's a well-balanced hop bomb, and that's yeah. why I like it. It's just like a classic, um, you know, it's... Classic it, New England-style yeah, IPA. It, it is. I mean, and they do it as well as anyone. So. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to be very uh, selfish here, but my beer of the, re- the week uh, was mine uh, that I just tapped at home. So, Mark, I know your family's coming over. You'll get a chance to have it. But I did. I, I was very uninspired in terms of doing my own recipe. But when I came up and decided to brew, I was like, all I want is like a Pliny. I want Pliny. I want something that tastes exactly like Pliny. So I basically just got the recipe from um, Vinny, who is the brewer there. And it's, he's like, if you want to make a five-gallon batch of... Uh, of uh, Pliny, this is exactly how I would do it, and so I did that. Turned out great. Um, it's your nice West Coast style, you know. Still got a good bitter backbone with lots of Centennial and Columbus hops, and then tons of dry hop with uh, Simcoe, Centennial, Columbus, uh, and also um, shoot Mosaic, I think. But got a good multi uh, backbone to it. Uh, nice bitter profile. Uh, it also was dry hopped quite a bit. So that's one of those right classic beers that. I, I could drink like forever yeah you know so um real quick so that recipe is is that like a do you go to like some uh brewers Home brew forums and and it's shared on there or is that yeah. something like you emailed the brewery directly no th- those kind of recipes are pretty readily available and and most brewers like Vinny are more than happy to share it because they know um that they can't necessarily be completely copied and replicated sure. because they they are what they are and like i'm sure things like house yeast strains tend to help them you know be only pliny but this is about as close as you could get right so it was a lot of fun i'm looking forward to sharing it this afternoon so i'm uh, sorry sorry Robbie, i didn't bring any that's all right that's <laughs> all right we got enough choices so again st patrick's day uh is this weekend uh, of course, we uh, oh, yeah. we recognize this as the feast day of St. Patrick, but uh, for most people, it is time to drink some good beers, uh, enjoy everything Irish. Uh, what kind of stuff do you guys have planned here for Poor Brothers? All right. So, uh, you know, Peoria Heights has really taken off with this uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration over the last, you know, two or three years. So uh, what we do here at Poor Brothers is we set up our outdoor stage and we hire uh, two bands and we just get it get it going and have a great time. Um you know, we don't charge people to get in here to watch the show. Uh, we, we just we put some Irish uh, theme style beers on the wall, and we just we just have a good time. And the Heights has really become a uh, a hub for uh, for activity when it comes to St. Patrick's Day. You know, people are deciding: Are we going to go downtown? Or are we going to go to Peoria Heights? And you know, downtown is great too. But I think more and more people are starting to enjoy. Um, what Peoria Heights has to offer in terms of walkability and safety, yeah. and just you know, there's a lot of good, good, other, uh, good bars in the area too. You've got W. Sullivan's, you've got Oliver's, um, yeah. you've got a, a number of others on the on the Prospect Strip here, and uh, yeah, we just go out into our courtyard and just and just have a great time and and hopefully keep people safe and yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, that's going to be Pure, great. Peoria Heights over the last couple of years has become one of my favorite. Um, destination hangout places in the uh, local area yeah i mean i feel like uh it's great for date night with the wife it's it's fun with friends in a larger group setting but also i feel like in the kids i I could come here with my kids as well go over to have some pizza or upstairs to have some barbecue grab a little uh emac and bolios uh (laughs) and and ice ice cream cream. yeah so yeah yeah Yeah. and it's only going to get better there's so many things on the perspective uh, awesome. list. Oh, totally so it's just get ready it's yeah take off. i'm psyched about that yeah. yeah and and you know for someone like me and you know mark you do travel uh, a little bit even to go downtown in here but for you to come here it's still pretty easy and for me to come down here i mean i love going downtown there's a lot of great places downtown but this is like half the travel time and um just as much if not more to offer an easeability like you said of walking around so 
Good deal. Uh, St. Patty's Day, I think I'm getting a little too old to yeah. celebrate that way. I mean, I'll celebrate. We'll go to the parade, but um, I'm sure you'll get the, the usual crazies here for St. Patrick's Day, and oh, yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those days that we, uh, we love, but we hate at the same time. Sure, I can understand you know, that. At the same time, it's, it's par for the course, and uh, we, just were, we just really want to see people have a great time and, and of course, be safe. Um, in terms of bands, uh, we lead off the day at 11 o'clock with the uh, the Joe and Jerry show. They're just a two-piece band that plays a lot of classics. We mm-hmm. like to have a lot of a lot of fun on St. Patrick's Day. We're not looking for um, a lot of original singer-songwriter stuff like we typically do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they go from 11 to 1.30, and then at uh, 3 o'clock, we put uh, the uh, West McQueen Street Band on the stage. Okay. Uh, long-time party band in Central Illinois. They draw a great crowd. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And about 5.45, we got the uh, Celtic Cross um, bagpipers and drummers coming Ooh, in. Oh, nice. So throw a little bit more uh, Irish theme to the day. And uh, they're going to do uh, some small performances, one uh, from the deck by Slowhand, nice. overlooking the crowd, and then the second uh, small performance down by the stage here at Poor Brothers in the courtyard of Heritage Square. That's nice. And I'm sure towards the end of the day, you're a little bit more uh, able to tolerate lots of bagpipes. Uh, if, if it's not your thing, just have a few more Guinness and uh, you'll be good. Right. I'm curious. Have you heard from uh, Slow Hand? Are they going to do like any sort of uh, Irish? They're going to do any corned beef, like a smoked corned beef or anything? Yeah, you got it. So our uh, chef up there, Ryan Smith, came to us and said he wanted to do a uh, smoked corned beef brisket. Yes. Yep. So we uh, we purchased uh, 17 briskets for to, uh, for oh. St. Patrick's Day. That's all we could fit in our refrigeration. <laughs> so those have been uh, in the uh, corning solution for about two weeks oh, now. Yeah. So oh my he's, gosh. Yeah, so he's going to do that along with uh, some braised cabbage and some red potatoes. Oh. And uh, I know we're a barbecue house, and that's why we're smoking it, but uh, our chef, Ryan Smith, is, is very, very talented and can pretty much do any cuisine, so I'm looking forward to trying out his Irish take. That's awesome. That'll go great with all the beers, I'm sure, that'll be down here and sitting on the patio listening to music, get you in the mood. Yeah. Uh, one uh, one of the reasons we really wanted to get you on, because unfortunately we didn't get a chance to talk to you last time, we talked to Nate and Jason, but specifically I know you to be uh, kind of spearheading a lot of the live music, which is, uh, again, one of the very unique and lovely things about coming to Poor Brothers in the Heights is not only do you have the space to fit that perfect, but you guys offer something in the summertime on Saturdays that it's it's hard to get and it's continuing to grow it's a huge event yeah yeah thank you for mentioning that we uh you know we opened this bar and we were like you know what what can we do to offer people something of a substance outside of alcohol and we decided that music would be our course and so we uh we opened up on uh june 9 2016 to a guy named anderson east which we're proud of anderson east well known anderson east yeah and we had help with uh, local radio wct on that so sure thank those guys but anyways um, from that moment we realized we had something pretty special for the community so uh you know, we this is our fourth season. Um, we plan on doing tw- between 25 and 30 shows, and uh, it's every Saturday hey. night. It starts at eight o'clock, and it goes until 11. We like to shut it off so we don't upset sure. the neighborhood. Sure. You know, get out get out here at 11 o'clock. But this year, um, you know, a couple highlights. We can we can tell you we've we've taken more of a uh, a jazz, not a jazz, a funk and a, a soul and an, an up tempo type of style to our music. Uh, we're bringing in some of the flagship um, uh, funk and uh, soul bands from the Chicagoland area. Cool. Um, I mean, a couple. One name that comes to mind right away is uh, the North Forty One. If okay. you get a chance, check those guys out. It's like a, it's like a collaboration of Michael Jackson meets Ray Ray Charles. It's it's hmm. so unique. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're fantastic. The North Forty One. Um, so we've got them coming in, and we've we've also um, we've got some. Some uh, folk style country uh, rock, I would call it. Um, 
a band from Nashville called Breaking Southwest is coming in. Um, those guys are uh, doing pretty well in the Nashville circuit, so we're looking forward to Breaking Southwest. Nice. Uh, who else can I tell you about? We've got the favorite, the local favorites. Your uh, Joe Stam packs a packs yep. a place every year. I mean, he's he's typically known to bring in about 800 people here. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. got a following. Yeah, he's a local boy. Yeah, he's a local boy, and he's really growing. He's uh, taking his skills to Nashville also. Cool. Um, and so his his music's uh, changing a little bit more into that uh, that storytelling alt country uh-huh. rock, which I really like. Um, we've got your uh, Funk Yard coming in, Dexter O'Neill and Funk Yard. Nice. Another, another huge show. Uh, they've been here since day one, along with Joe Stam. Um, man, put me on the spot here. I'm trying to remember everywhere we got booked. Uh, who well, else do we got? I mean, you guys don't really have like a dead Saturday in the summer. Like once the weather's nice and, you know, you can come down here and spend your whole night here. I know that we've come down to the Heights for like date night and then, hey, let's go have a drink and you can sit out the nice Absolutely. weather and yeah. enjoy some live music. And I think one of the things that is always a draw for that and you'll always get people is that you don't charge. And so you get people here, you've got plenty of beer available, obviously, on the wall, and you bring some outside, and people can just kind of feel free to hang out as long as they want, and uh, you usually get big crowds here. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, we were told by many people that were experts on how to run a business that we should charge ticket prices, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the more and more we do this, we realize that what we have here is special because we don't charge people to be here. We, we offer them, a, you know, something that they can enjoy. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what it's about, you know, community enjoyment and, uh, you know, going home after a Saturday night, relaxing on Sunday and knowing that you uh, had a good time somewhere. So and and usually, too, you know, if there's a venue that's free to get in, um, that doesn't stretch people's wallets as far. So maybe they come here and they enjoy a few more beverages or, you know, some of the food trucks or the local restaurants around here. And it's it really pumps back into the into the economy, the local economy, uh, just having that free concert available. Uh, I mean, it's it's huge for the entire community. Yeah. And, and last time I was here, I know we sat down and just sat down with a couple random people and made, you know, some good, not like good friends, but we made some friends just kind of talking about stuff and enjoying some good beer. Yeah. Uh, you can walk in and out of, out of the Poor Brothers establishment. I know people are getting cocktails and, and domestics and craft off the wall, and then they can jump over now, especially since you have... Slow hand open. You've got uh, Brienzo's open. If they need to get something to eat too, they could just bebop over there and come back over. And, so and, and sometimes they, they bring in some food trucks or people from uh, you know maybe you know from the local Peoria yeah. area. Uh, I I remember uh, one time last summer there was a, I forget what the name was, but it was like a kind of a Mexican taco truck kind of tent set up, and that was tacos every day. Yeah, yeah, was, they were yeah, it was authentic. unbelievable. Yeah, they were authentic. As, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. So, so how hard is it to to you know talk to a band, get them to come here? I don't know how that works logistically for you, and be like, hey, I've got something. I mean, do you still do you still pay them? Do you give them a, a little bit of a you know kind of a carrot to get here? And how do you make that work? Yeah, so you know, at first, the first year, we were just uh, throwing darts, hoping they would land. And we knew once we got a few people in here that were uh, were highly touted, we could we could use them, and they would they would talk about how the experience was here at Poor Brothers. A lot of bands that have played here have been blown away with, um, I mean, our level of um, focus on them. You know, we feed them, we we house them, we we do everything we can to make their experience great. And because of that, they've gone out and talked and, and explained that to their friends in the in the in the music world. And and now we kind of we kind of say we're ready to book and we get a lot of phone calls so yeah um you know we're not going to pretend to be we're not a uh, we're not a full-fledged live music you know venue sure but we like to uh we like to find ourselves 
grabbing things that we probably shouldn't get, you know, because of our reputation and because of the crowd size. And, uh, you know, again, it all, and it all goes back to history, too. I mean, Peoria, we're, we're just centrally located. Yeah. So if we see uh, one name that comes to mind, the, he travels a lot, is the uh, Chris Lager band. And if you haven't seen Chris Lager, you got to see Chris Lager play. I mean, he's written songs for uh, guys that are, that are really blowing up right now. Um, one name is uh, Andy Frasco. Okay. Anyways, Chris is an amazing human being. And you know they're they're passing through the Peoria area all the time, so uh-huh. it, that's a that's a big part of it too. Just reaching out to people you see when they're where they're going, and saying, "Hey, how about Peoria Heights?" Yeah. And yeah. so at this point, you probably, you know, when you ask some people, like, "Oh yeah, I heard about uh, you guys hosting them. I, I was waiting for you guys to give us a buzz so we could come down and play." Yeah, we've we've a lot of phone calls I make are, "Hey, we, we've heard about your place. We've seen photos. Hey, thanks for calling. We, we'd love to come check it out." So nice. And we tell them, we say, hey, you know, we don't really charge a ticket price, so if you can help us on price, we'd greatly appreciate it. Sure. Um, you know, we do we do well in sales, like you said. Um, we hope some nights, you know, people don't drink quite as much, but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they see the bigger picture. They want to be part of the uh, the feeling that, that this environment's created. Right. And they talk. And it's like anybody. The beer world talks and the music world talks and the community talks. So Just the ripple right. effect. Yeah. 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 right. How does that how does that work with the new music venue here in uh, the Heights? Uh, I know uh, the uh yeah. So uh, literally across the street from yeah. us, there's a performing arts center called the Betty Jane Brimmer Thank Center you. for Performing Arts, and uh, I have a very close relationship with the uh, owners of that, and we will actually be doing um, some of the booking over there, yeah. And we will be working in tandem on uh, you know creating even a better environment for uh, the events over there. Will be ticketed events. Yeah, but with that being said, um, you know a lot of those events are going to be Friday nights, mm-hmm. and uh, Poor Brothers will maintain Saturday nights, and then you know community continues to win, and yeah. you know with it being ticketed, that opens up the door to artists that that want more of a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So we can, we're, you know, our plan is to reach out to a lot of singer songwriter uh, musicians that are playing some theaters around the country, and uh, I think well, I don't think we'll have trouble getting them here. No, that's awesome. Um, so we've got a big summer ahead of us. I'm sure you've got some dates and filling some, but you probably got most of them filled up. So yeah. any, anything, anything else to highlight? I think you were talking about the funk yeah. uh, aspect and a little bit more of a, of a genre sort of shift, which is nice. Right, right, right. Yeah, we, we just want to have fun, man. I mean, uh, it's only three hours long, and in that three hours, our goal is to pack as much fun as we possibly can. And so we're going to kick things off on May 11th. Uh, we're bringing in. I mentioned oh, them before. Not too long. Not too long. I mean, it's come on. Up. <laughs> when this when weather feels like this, and someone says May, it just makes my right makes me happy. Exactly. <laughs> so we're bringing in uh, the band I mentioned, uh, Breaking Southwest, on May 11th to kick things off, and then we, uh, you know, the next one that really jumps out at me is uh, a band from uh, Chicago land called South City Revival. They're yep. on June 1st. Those guys are, uh, you know, when I heard them for the first time, I, I heard a lot of relevance to like a Chris Stapleton, okay, which would be a fun night. And uh, you can't go wrong with uh, June 15th, Chicago Farmer. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Chicago Farmer just did a live um, studio album. Not Maybe not live. I take that back. They did a studio album with the Band of Heathens, <laughs> which those guys are supporting Chicago Farmer, full band behind them. So I can't wait to hear what that is. Um, Cody Dekoff, Chicago Farmer, is, again, another great human being. It's just exploding across the country. So outside of that, we're going to keep on going into uh, late – Mid to late October, every single Gosh, Saturday night. That's awesome. That's awesome. So a little, also just a note for a little preview here. Uh, Rob and I talked about this the other night. Hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot too much, but 
we thought it'd be fun, uh, and this was uh, Rob's idea to maybe one Saturday night to do like a you know uh, on-site podcast. Maybe get the band that's playing that night come in, talk just briefly, and also maybe do like a uh, a sponsored uh, brewer. You know, maybe if they're having a tap takeover or something like that. Yeah, uh, that'd be maybe awesome. Maybe even talk to him as well. Yeah, exactly. That's another good point. Um, you know, we work with a lot of local and, and national breweries to make this happen. So those guys support us big time. Um, they see the value of what live music does for a community. And, uh, man, we would love to do, we would love to have you guys here more than once, you know, every every time, if you guys want. I know you guys can't do that, but <laughs> every other time maybe. That would be great. We would do it, but our wives might yeah, have something exactly. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, I keep saying, like, hey, this this recording equipment is free if you want to use it. If you want to do some, she's like, I don't know what I would do. It's like, that's fine. Fair enough. But it's out there. Um, that would be awesome. I would love to continue to incorporate, you know, not only our passion for the pints, but also some provisions, which music is definitely one of those uh, provisions that kind of goes along. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Our uh, good friend, Kyle who uh, graciously decided he wanted to stump us a little bit with our blind tasting today, literally ran home to get this. I don't know where he went. Oh, he's over there. So he brought this. We have no idea what this is. Um, we're we're kind of drinking blind here, so let's kind of find I've, out what we got. I've got my nose in it. I, I've got like a I'm sour. thinking sour right off the bat. Almost smells like soap bubbles. Hopefully, that's, hopefully the... The black glasses aren't full of soap. No, 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 no. But uh, um, we're in it, Kyle. We're doing it. If you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. Ryan is uh, very anxious to get here, but I know he's got uh, twins to take care of, so he's kind of busy. I'm definitely going to go with um, a sour. No doubt on the sour end. Had that before. I even tasted it. Yeah. I get like a, a light... A light fruit, a fruited sour. So, um, trying to peg it here. I'm going with uh, apricot. This, the the fruit's coming out a little bit more as I sit here and taste it. At first, I wasn't quite sure. It tasted a little bit more subtle, but if it's not fruited, it's getting a lot of good kind of like fruity funk from whatever yeast is, you know, that's, really that's, really forwarding this beer. That's very fruity funk. So I I gotta think it's a fruited sour. It's probably a little on the colder side. Oh, the acidity right up front is just, um, it's really tart, too. And it doesn't really stop as it hits the back of your tongue. It's still pretty tart and acidic throughout. It's, it's I don't know, I get a little, like, minerally, like on the back end, kind of like uh, calcium, kind of, kind of you know, chalky mineral taste to it on the end. Man, that still lingers pretty good. Oh yeah, it's not. A, it's pretty well balanced, in my opinion, in terms of the fruit. The fruit isn't so overpowering. I think. I think letting this warm up will be good too. Yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know. You, you went with apricot, either that or blueberry. I can't tell. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I don't know if I'm getting a stone fruit, but more of like a. I don't know what that is. It's very. A lot of citrusy, like acidity. I'm gonna say some sort of like. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with like a, a a blackberry or something like that, maybe. I, but it, it's not like ras. It's not like no. It doesn't taste like a raspberry to me. 
And the only reason I say that is I think I had an atrial recently, and this just does not remind me of atrial. No, I don't. Atrial rubicite, which is huge and huge in the raspberry it's category. That, it's either that or it's a, it's a blend of different fruits. Could be that. Maybe that's... So what's the uh, the normal guessing process here? Do you want to go start, try to pick out the fruit, then pick out the style, pick out... So a couple questions that we kind of joke about that we always ask. One is, is it barrel-aged? Is it barrel-aged? <laughs> I don't get a, a ton of oak on it. But uh, I almost have to guess this has got to be like wine barrel age, though. Yeah, I'm going wine barrel. I still I do get a little like kind of sweet, semi sweet kind of grape. Like a, yeah, like a grape. So I would I would guess it's probably some white wine barrel or or, or maybe, maybe a light red barrel. Or maybe it has a, a a white grape in it. Yeah. It, or some it, yeah. It is wine barrel aged. Okay. Boom. Boom. So now uh, is it a, is it a <laughs> A recent release, or is this one that's been cellared for a while? I'm gonna say uh, it. It. I don't. Personally, I. I would. I would guess this is probably maybe within the last year to two years at I, the most. I, I would agree. Not probably I would not fresh. Say older than two. Correct. Okay. We're doing. We're doing good. Right. Ryan. Ryan would be proud. <laughs> Ryan would like nail it. He would. Now here's what Ryan would do. He would roll a dex through your cellar, Kyle, and be like, "What does Kyle have in his cellar?" <laughs> yeah, Just like he, he does with he me. Cheats. So I have no idea, which is making this more fun. And then I guess the only other thing that we could, uh, maybe we could pick a, maybe a region. Is this, is this Midwest? Is this West Coast? East Coast? South? Well, see, then, then going how I know, Kyle, I, I have a feeling this is probably like either the Funk Factory Guzzeria or it's like Side Project. Yeah. I know where his allegiances lie. <laughs> Phil, what's up? All um, right, I think we're ready for the uh, unveiling. I, I, I personally think it's probably like a stone fruit if it's like an apricot or something. Okay, you guys are... I'm not getting that, but I could be totally right. wrong. So we got apricot. I got apricot and blueberry. Apricot, blueberry. I'm going to retract, and I'm just going to say like a white grape. Spontaneous uh, Missouri wild ale. <laughs> so it's a perennial. La Boheme. La Boheme. Batch two, Belgian style ale aged in wine barrels with cherries. Cherries, wow. wow. Huh. The cherries really. That's kind of crazy. I don't. It's always funny once you know what's in it, then you smell <laughs> it and you're like, oh, there's the cherry. I totally get that now. Like, as soon as all I think is like cherry pie. Isn't that crazy, Rob? How like a black glass just it masks your. Knowing what your, it was, I was just. Yeah, it's cherries. It's, yeah. Well, my first drink, of course, it's easy for me to say now, oh, that's cherry. But then I said to myself, no. It's not. It's not. It's not cherry enough to be cherry. So, that's good. Well, oh, we but did, a Belgian, we did a Belgian style. That that kind of seems a little bit different from where I'm placing this. That's fantastic. Most tarted, tart fruited beers are saisons, especially perennial. Type oh project, yeah, I guess. Else. So it's, wow, yeah. Belgian's actually pretty unique. <laughs> Kind of like a you know like a traditional lambic or lambic styled method traditional, so. But it says a Belgian style ale. Yes. Well done. I think yeah. we you had it marked with the Midwest. Got there from perennial. Uh, is this something that is a limited release, or is this maybe readily available if you're in certain areas like St. Louis? Can you pick it up on the shelf if you're lucky? Batch one came out probably a, a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, batch two came out, I think, last year, 2018. Yeah, bottled. I don't yeah. know if I've seen this so one on the shelf though. So I think it's uh, brewery only. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. 
It's awesome. That kind of beer is always going to taste good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing. Heading home and grabbing that real quick. That was fun. Awesome. Well, part of the problem is I think we all kind of scanned the uh, the wall a little bit too much when we first showed up, and so it would have been a little less fun because we would have just been thinking about the. Uh, you know, 16 beers that are over there. Uh, which one out of 16? But this gives us a lot more of a masked profile here. For sure. Let's take a little break. I think what we should do maybe is have a little barley wine. I think one thing is uh, not a lot of barley wines are ever opened on this podcast. So we can get a little bit of a barley wine uh, flavor here. And uh, maybe maybe Ryan might end up joining us. But um, we'll see. So let's take a little break. All right. All right. Speaking of barley wine, Rob, we've got uh, the barrel-aged vermilion barley wine from Perennial. Uh, This is their barley wine style uh, ale aged in rye whiskey barrels. It uh, clocks in at a uh, porous 13.7%. So big boy. And this was the 2018, so we're about a year out, a little over a year. So January 2018. Barley wines have not made it on our podcast a lot i think a lot of people are either afraid nor maybe they didn't have a good one so i look forward to having a little bit more of a repertoire of barley wines on here but uh this one obviously from the folks down at perennial are pretty pretty good this is a red wax uh, label one that is delicious everybody everybody get a chance to sip on it yeah i think we're just quiet because it's so good yeah it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's nice and sweet, just like barrel sweet, barley sweet. When are you gonna brew a barley wine? Wow, um, putting them on the spot. We'll see. Maybe you gotta. <laughs> come, you're gonna come over and help then. How about that? Split the cost of the grain. I was gonna say, yeah. We'll see how much that grain bill is, and if I if my mash tun can hold it. These are um, not everyone's favorite style. I don't know what it is. They're too sweet. They're too strong. What is it about barley wines that is so polarizing? It's probably a combination of those two things, honestly. It's not hazy enough. (laughs) And it's not like super motor oil thick. Like, you know, if you have some of these really big barrel-aged stouts, 13.7%, a lot of them are going to have a ton of viscosity and uh, thickness to them. But this is still pretty... I enjoy it's them sticky. a lot. Like I, it's not something that I pull out all the time, but I have quite a few of them because, like the the Bourbon County barley wine, because they keep so long. I, I love I love that beer. I and mean, these don't usually get good until it's a year later. You know, sure. once you have them, you gotta forget about them for a good couple of years. You really do, which always makes me um, um, excited to. I know I've got some like 2011 and up uh, old school barley wines from Dogfish Head. Ryan always teases me a lot about how much old dogfish head I have in my cellar because when I first started cellaring, it was, you know, every, every beer you read on their labels, like, ages very well. Right. So I, I just started with that. I'm kind of working my way through those. I have a bunch of random ones, uh, you know, like 2012, 13, 14, uh, uh, whiskey barrel-aged, bourbon barrel-aged, um, maybe from, like, Great Divide and from Clown Shoes, from, like, all these just Oh, like ran- a Yeti? Yeah. A barrel aged Yeti. Yeah, but they had a couple other ones like uh, it was uh, Ruffin, I think, was one of them that they barrel aged. Um, and like Clown Shoes did a whole bunch of different uh-huh. random. Uh, I think I, you know, I was just looking the other day. I think I had one that was maybe done with 
a combination of bourbon barrels and scotch barrels that could be Ooh. that could either be really good or really bad i'm not sure yeah so scotch barrels usually get a bit tricky yeah <laughs> we we by tricky <laughs> i mean i've never had a good scotch barrel yeah beer. Th- exactly that's why i said it could be interesting yeah well before uh rob has to go um i know that you know he does run a business and everything we want to get his ideal four pack uh so i know you've had a little bit of time to think about it sure um Fire away. Yeah, I'm still thinking, though. I mean, the, the hard right. part is, you know, I've, I've been kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, seasoned to just try beer by the ounce, you know, here at Poor Brothers. So, sure. you know, I'm more of a style guy than a brewery guy. So, I mean, I would. Go put, ahead. You, you style me, is okay. You put me on a deserted island and you just give me, you know, an Imperial Brown. You give me uh, two sours. And you give me a fruited beer of some type, and I'm a happy camper. Nice. Yeah. Two sours. So, different. Like, is there a differentiation between two sours? Like, a non-fruited and a fruited sour? I, I, I lean towards the fruited sours. Okay. Yeah. Give me the fruit in there. I want to. I want to. I want to taste the fruit. And uh, yeah, I really don't. I mean, when I think about breweries, I mean, I mean, of course, you always go side project and, and guys like like them, but. You know, there's nobody that really jumps out. I just love them all. You know, I'm pretty pretty lucky to have uh, Phil here on my staff, and he, he likes to bring in beer. And we stay so stinking busy here that, you know, I, I sample a beer, and I don't even know if I look at half of them. I really don't. You're yeah. like, hey, that was a, uh, a clear one. That, w- that was pretty good. Thanks yeah. for the yeah. – you almost don't even look at what you're drinking, which right. is a good way to drink sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys get some really solid representation, too, of, uh, you know, local – you know, when I say local, like Illinois, uh, you know, like – there's a scratch beer up right. on the on the wall right now. Uh, White Rooster has been here White plenty Rooster. of time. Love yeah. their stuff. Yep. So yeah, you guys do a, a great job of mixing it up, having lots of different varieties. So I, right. I yeah. appreciate that. No, that's a good point. I mean, we we really try hard to work with those two breweries. Um, you know, they're down south and a little bit cut off to us in a, in a sense, a couple hours away. But man, they are making some incredible incredible yeah, product. Absolutely, and I think it's a matter of time. If if they were in the Chicago land area, they would be as big as anybody. Yeah, yep. they're not just cut off from you; they're cut off from everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, the owner, Chris, correct? <laughs> yeah, Chris yep. at White Rooster. Uh, I know we had a chance to talk to him uh, yeah. a month or two ago, and I remember looking at a map uh, once at Sparta. Illinois yeah. and like okay you know I'd love to go down there it's probably like two and a half hours maybe it's more longer than that and, three and a half. okay maybe yeah. three and a half but man that town is small and I'm like the people in this town are probably like who are these guys making these weird beers but I guarantee their town just loves them because oh, yeah. of yeah they wouldn't be able to survive without right. you know the local community and surrounding and exactly. embracing them yeah exactly I would note that we do have a standing invitation from him to show up down there anytime which is exactly yeah. why I continue to look at a map so, and how yeah. far it is <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> quick we need, story we, we quick need story. to make that happen so a quick story Nathan and I my partner business partner we decided to go down there and get some beer one day and, and you know, we walk around and they've got the brewers down there and they're making beer and they're they're friendly to us. They're not overly friendly, but they're like, "Who are these guys and why are they in our brewery?" <laughs> and uh, you know, they had a job to do. Well, anyways, we ran across Chris and Chris is his job at the brewery at that day was to pour beer, and Chris poured us beer after beer after beer, <laughs> and we were like, "Chris, we got to drive three and a half hours." So our first interaction with Chris was uh, man, staying in his house. He loves the beer. <laughs> um, I can see why their town would love White Rooster. And uh, everything we had from them, from their Pilsner to anything they gave us was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Chris is such a good dude. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if he did just offer up his house, be like, hey, 
Keep drinking, you can spend Keep the drinking, night. you can crash at my house. <laughs> Pretty sure he, d- he did that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Well, guys, um, it's been fun. Uh, it's St. Patty's Day, so we all have some green beer to drink. No, scratch that. We all have some good beer to drink. That's right. And uh, cheers to you guys continuing to host us, and cheers. here's to summer. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to that. Thank you.